Welcome back to the Stronger Marriage Podcast with Trey and Lee. We're here talking about six more ways to bless your kids. That's right. Uh, Last week, we talked about uh, listening to our kids. We talked about giving them our time. We talked about being part of their world, claiming them as yours, giving them rules. And we talked about modeling values and integrity. And we're going to pick right back yeah. up where we left off. And if you didn't off. get a chance to listen to those, you need to swing by part one and give that a listen. Yeah. Uh, but we're talking about ways to bless your kids. If you still have kids at home, uh, maybe you don't. Maybe you just have grandkids. And maybe you have adult grown kids. Uh, you can still bless your kids by doing a lot of the things that we talked about in that first part. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's pick up with number seven on 12 ways, which would be Eat at the dinner table. Oh, that's a good one. We talked about this a while back in, a, in an episode, but let's let's just touch base on it for just a moment again and why yeah. that's important. Yeah. Um, and we've kind of somewhat, I think a lot of people have gotten away from this um, and we, we get, you know, lazy and we want to sit in front of a TV and watch, you know, watch something while we're eating. Sometimes our schedules are busy and everybody's eating at different times. But if it's at all possible, uh, it's so important to sit down together as a family and eat a meal together in the evenings. If, you know, even if it's just for 15 minutes, if that's all you can get everybody to, to the table. Um, it's such great quality time where you can talk, where you can listen, and where you can learn. A lot of the, the three things that we talked about last week, you know, talking to your kids, listening to your kids, and learning about your kids. Uh, and, and the dinner table provides a place and an atmosphere and a time when you can do that. Yes, and, and it just gives you a chance to sit down and have that conversation that mm-hmm. you don't have in front of a television mm-hmm. set. Dinner table used to be a big deal growing up, and yes. a lot of times we have left that and need to get back to that. Um, a time to just focus on one another, don't bring your cell phones, no phones. to the table, mm-hmm. and just sit at the dinner table and talk and listen and learn to ask questions and hear about the day. We've even had little games that we would play um, where you would talk about, I don't even remember what it was. There mm-hmm. was a little game we used to play where you'd roll a dice mm-hmm. and one would we'd say, have questions, have questions and, that mm-hmm. you'd have to answer. And, and our kids put up with it. You know, I'm sure they didn't think that was all the most fun, <laughs> but they, they put up with it. They because, did. I yeah. think they liked it. But uh, yeah, dinner table is a, it's a holy time. It's a healthy time for your family. And so when you can make time to sit down at the dinner table, that's a good thing that needs to take place. Mm-hmm. It just is. Uh, I said this a few weeks ago on that podcast that we did. Uh, two of the, the most popular family shows in the past 10 years have been Fixer Upper and Duck Dynasty. Mm-hmm. And if you'll notice two things about those shows, Fixer Upper always had a home they were building and they were always working to put a family dinner table mm-hmm. in where right. they could sit down as a family and, and have some time to eat together. And then on Doug Dynasty, every time they closed with a word of prayer and, and they were all sitting down to eat together. And I think part yeah. of that was we were realizing that, hey, those are things that are still very valuable. Mm-hmm. And we need to do a better job as, as families sitting down and eating at the dinner table. Yes, a lot of memories are built around a dinner table. They really are. A lot of fun times. Um, I know our kids look forward to when they all come home and they know... And we're going to gather around the dinner table, and it may be for food or it may be for games, but uh, 
yeah, the table is is a time to talk and build memories. I, I remember our table growing up and just certain rules that we had. You know, you didn't eat before we had a family prayer and everybody held hands and all this kind of stuff. And um, and then and then the conversation started and and I always knew we'd done. Somebody had said something funny if you could make water come out of your brother's <laughs> nose or something from right. laughing too hard. Yeah. But uh, I remember sitting at your dinner table mm-hmm. uh, back when we were dating and having having uh, a meal with your mom and dad and your family. And those were, I always tried to have my best manners yes. and be proper and all yes. that kind of stuff. But those were all good things. Yes, and I, and I remember having meals at your dinner table before we were married. Really? Um, yeah, just, I remember... One Christmas, y'all had fondue, and that was kind of a neat, special thing that y'all did for, for holidays sometimes. And I was invited to partake in fondue, in the fondue, mm-hmm. and uh, and that was fun. Yeah, so. it was. Those are special moments. A lot of good memories around there. Uh, number eight, model a healthy marriage. Yeah, if you're if you're not a single parent, you know, uh, listening to this, and you're married then model a healthy marriage. Your kids need to see you being husband and wife as much as they see you being mom and dad because you're they're in your school of marriage. They're learning how to do marriage by watching you. And so that is very, very important that they get to see you uh, being husband and wife, being affectionate with one another, kissing one another, holding hands, uh, snuggling on the couch, all those things are so important that they see this because then they can know ahead of time, here's what a marriage looks like. This is what I'm supposed to look like. Um, my husband, if I'm a, if you're a daughter, my husband this someday is going to treat me like my dad treated my mom. Or if you've got a wife, my wife is going to uh, uh, treat me like my mom treated my dad. So they need to watch this. This is a very healthy thing. It is. And, you know, because we do, we tend to, that's where we learn. We imitate what we see. Uh, and it, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of people that ha- have been shown very unhealthy marriages and have determined, you know, I'm, I'm going to do just the opposite break of, that of what was curse. modeled yeah. for me because there is no way I'm putting my kids through what I went through uh, and, and those kinds of things. And so we, you know, we applaud you. If that's you, and if you did not grow up in a healthy family, but you're determined that you're going to model a healthy family family for your own kids, then, I mean, that's what it's all about. Yeah. So. And, and for elementary school age kids, and I don't know how hard, high this goes up, but I know for elementary school age kids, their greatest fear in this world is something's going to happen to their family. Mm-hmm. That is the number one fear of children in this world, and that something's going to happen to their mom or their dad because they see that at school all the time. They have friends that, you know, hey, I live with my mom and I haven't seen my dad, or I live with my, my mom on one week and my dad the next week. And, and they worry, is this gonna happen to my family? And you can help put their mind at ease by showing them mm-hmm. you're more than mom and dad, that you're husband and wife, that you go on dates and that's all still important to mm-hmm. you. That makes a child feel very secure when they see a mom and dad doing things like that. That's right. It eases fears that they have. That is exactly right. So model that healthy marriage. Show them boys how to treat their wives and them daughters how to treat their future husbands. Yes. Uh, Number nine, apologize when you make mistakes. Oh, that's a hard one. It was. I can remember a few times I had to apologize to my kids. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you think 
you know, why do I have to apologize to my kids? They're my kids. They're little. They're, you know, I'm the dad. I can do whatever I want. But uh, your kids need to know that you own up to mistakes as well. Yeah, they really do. I mean, there's there's going to be times when they have to apologize for, you know, mistakes that they make. And so it's another way. Just model to them that nobody is above having to apologize for yeah. something that they've done. If they never hear you say, I'm sorry, or I made a mistake, their philosophy in life will probably be when I get older, I don't have to, mm -hmm. you know, say I'm sorry or, you know, apologize or yeah. anything along those lines. Yeah, it, it just, it shows humility. Um, yeah, just a lot of things that, that your kids need to learn from you. Yeah, that is true. So when you make a mistake, apologize. Mm -hmm. Number 10. Give attention to the good more than the bad. So kind of don't don't focus on all the bad. Give some attention to the good, meaning um, you're going to want to point out and notice the things your kids do well mm -hmm. and not just every time they mess up. Exactly. Now, of course, you know, when there needs to be discipline, you've got to discipline. We, we talked about that last week. Don't just threaten discipline and never do it. If something needs to be said and corrected and disciplined, of course, you're going to do that. But if it's just little things, you know, if you're constantly nitpicking about little things, uh, try to focus as much or more, probably more, on the good. You know, as parents, we tend to look at those report cards and we notice generally whatever the lowest grade is on there. And we say something like, hey, what happened in this class right here? You know, and we don't start with, wow, these are some great grades. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we want to focus on what happened right here. Right. Yeah. Um, if you have a kid play sports, sometimes we want the game to be over and you let me, why did you drop the one pass? You know, why, why did you strike out that one time? Why did, it's always the, let's talk about what you did wrong. And sometimes you need to focus and give some yeah. attention to the good. Catch your kids being good. Yeah. Uh, you and know, brag on them when that's they right. are. When you see them sharing with their little brother, Man, make a big deal out of that. Mm -hmm. If they did some little something around the house, uh, you know, took their bowl to the sink, brag on them for doing that. Uh, whatever it is, uh, start from a young age and, and all the way up. When you see them do, doing something that's worth, uh, you know, giving them some praise for, be sure you do that. Um, what, what's the ratio there that Gottman Institute says, the, the five to one yes. ratio that, you know, we need five compliments to every one criticism. And your kids are not an exception to that. They they right. need to be built up. And, and I promise you, when your kids leave the house in the mornings to go to school, uh, they're not getting praise and compliments and uh, good things. They're, they're getting negative things. They're getting the, here's your test paper back and here's your three you missed or their friends are saying, why did you, why do you wear those shoes? Or, you know, why, where'd you get that shirt? They come home empty, their little gas tanks, and they, they don't need more bad. They need somebody to fill that gas tank with, with support and love. The house needs to be a safe place uh, for them to come and just know, hey, I can get my battery recharged right here. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not going to get more of what I've had all day long already. Yeah. yeah. And, and so work hard to give attention to the good mm -hmm. uh, more than you give attention to the bad. Yeah. You know, some, some kids act out to get attention. Uh, and they think, you know, the only way I'm going to get any attention at all is just to act up and then I'll get a little bit of attention, whether that's, you know, that's negative attention and that's not really the kind of attention that they're seeking. Uh, so 
you know, if you praise and give them some positive attention, hopefully that will decrease the amount of times uh, if they're prone to act up to, to get attention. Yeah, that is exactly right. Uh, number 11, I love number 11. I couldn't wait till we got to number 11. Mm -hmm. Great, tell us about it. Write them a note, uh, write them a letter, write them a card, uh, leave a post-it note on a mirror, write them a note and put it in their lunchbox. Mm -hmm. You were so good at that with Cooper. Um, and, and that's just something that kids, you know, at lunchtime and they're unpacking their lunch and they see a note from their mom or their dad that says, I'm proud of you or you're a good kid. Uh, or every now and then I just put a really stupid, stupid <laughs> dad joke. Kind of dad joke. Yeah, that would just be the worst. <laughs> but I knew that my kids would laugh about it mm -hmm. uh, just to let them know. Some of my favorite, you know, I could always tell my kids I was proud of them. But there were times where I would leave them an actual letter that I'd typed or wrote and and they would actually save that and hold on to it and uh, there's a there's an old book I still have in my office called uh, Letters from Dad and it was about a group of dads that decided to write letters to their kids on a regular basis and it's a tremendous book it's an old book but it was a tremendous book in the, in the ways that it influenced their kids and changed their kids um, because they had all these letters from their dad saying, hey, I'm proud of you, you did well on this, or whatever it was. Uh, and they, it was a letter they would actually write and stick in the mail, mm -hmm. which reminds me, I probably need to put a letter in the mail to all my kids and remind them again, hey, your dad loves you. I sent them a text message, but um, it's a good idea to write your kids a note. Uh, leave them a post-it note. Write them a, a note on the mirror in their bathroom, just something. Put a mm -hmm. scripture a Bible verse, send them a Bible verse by text message. Uh, it just lets them know that you're thinking about them. That's a that's such a healthy, important thing. It does. Thing it's just do. a little extra step. You've gone out of your way to take the time to do that. And, you know, we, we, we tell you as husbands and wives to write each other notes and do those things for each other. And, and you appreciate it uh, in your marriage. And your kids will equally appreciate that gesture. Mm-hmm. So write them a note. Number 12, finally, uh, tell them you love them. Yes. You you talk oftentimes about the importance of um, kids hearing that, that, that they're loved and how kids, young kids, excel uh, who have been told that they're loved versus those who don't. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Uh, we, we did a workshop several months back, uh, one of our family workshops, and somebody had come up to me afterwards and said they had listened to a podcast episode and she said I cannot tell you what it was it was just something that I found you know flipping through stations but she said I landed on it it was interesting and they were talking about uh, this very thing about how kids need to hear I love you and it said that uh, they had polled a, a grade of students um, and asked you know asked the kids when was the last time you heard the words I love you and it was interesting that like the top percent of, you know, kids that made the really good grades, the top percent of their class said that they'd heard the, those words, you know, within the last 24 hours. I heard it, you know, last night before bed or I heard it this morning before I left for school. And um, then the bottom percent of kids, you know, that did not perform well in school, uh, their answer was much different than those other kiddos because most of their answers were, I've never heard the words, I love you. And so that just, man, that just speaks volumes to 
the effect that that can have on kids um, from you know their self-esteem to their performance in school uh, yeah it just it just speaks volumes yeah and and kids question that sometimes like it or not you may be going well my kids know that I love them but you know they have one bad day where they make some bad choices or or just have a bad day where folks aren't real nice to them and they're they're wondering, am I loved? Mm-hmm. And and when they hear it on a regular basis, that makes a difference. They need to hear you say, I love you. And and even if you have grown kids, um, our grown kids, we still tell our kids we love them all the time. Yeah, that's and, true. And like it or not, they're going to get it from us, and we want them to know that we love you. There, and there's, there's a lot of ways you can say I love you. Uh, we talk about, you know, giving them a touch of love, which is, you know, hugs. Kids need touch as much as adults need touch. Mm-hmm. Uh, they need hugs and they need pats and they, they need to know, you know, that you love them through touch. Uh, you can give a look of love from across the room. You may have a hand signal or something that you do that says, Thumbs I love you. Up. Yeah, um, some way to. And, and, all, and those are important too, but they've still got to hear the words, I love you. Um, yeah, you, you did a funeral one time for some, I did, uh, of a family family Mm -hmm. one time. He was one of the last living World War I veterans. Uh, this would have been back in the nineties and he was, uh, known as a, as a very well-respected man, kind of a war hero guy. And I was excited about the funeral from the sense of there was going to be a lot to talk about such a well-respected, well-loved man. And when I sat down with his two grown daughters, um, they wept, wept, uh, and just boohooed because they said, we know our dad loved us. We know he did, but we just don't understand why he never told us. Never once in his life he told us that he loved us. And, and I remember thinking to myself as I left that day going, I will never not tell my kids that I love them. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just blown away that that had affected those two kids that strongly that they had never heard their dad say that they were loved. And yeah, tell your kids they need to hear something. Yeah. Um, you know, and I don't, are you, are you ready to wrap up? I don't sure, want to get to our conclusion no, before. Good. Conclude, uh, <laughs> baby. Uh, you know, We've talked about 12 ways you can bless your kids and you may do everything to the best of your ability and you may raise your kids. I mean, you may just do everything right and your kids are still going to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. They are, we all do, we all did. Um, And this is just a reminder to be a safe place for your kids to land when that happens because it's gonna happen. be a safe place for your kids. Uh, hopefully, you know, through all of these things, you've built that relationship where they're going to come to you and they're going to allow you to be that safe place. Uh, I, I read a, a really touching thing um, recently about a dad who wrote a note to his teenage daughter uh, and, and it just said, this is, this is my reminder to myself that if you ever do anything for you know what any reason that you feel like you need to come and talk to me but you're scared to come and talk to me because of my reaction this is my reminder that I'm not going to get mad and I'm not going to get upset but I'm going to listen with love and understanding to whatever it is that you have to tell me and he he gave her that note and he said just tuck it away in your drawer 
Hopefully you won't ever have to use it. But if you do, you know, you come carrying this note to me and I'll know, you know, okay, it's time to dad up and, and follow through with those words that I said uh, and be a safe place for my, for my child right now. Yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. So, yeah. Our kids, we have them for a short period of time and our job is to raise quality kids, um, godly kids in a world where they don't fit in and don't always belong because they're going to be different from everybody else. We're going to, I don't want my kids to be like the other kids, every other kid in the world. I want my kids to be light bearers. I want my kids to make good decisions. I want my kids to uh, make decisions based off of what they've been taught and their relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And that's one of those things that I want to do myself, but uh, we can bless our kids by by simply doing some of the things that we've talked about here in these last two podcasts. That's right. Uh, what have we got coming up? We've got... Ada, Oklahoma. It's like next weekend. Uh, stuff on our website will tell you, uh, trayandlee.com. You can find out more about Ada, Oklahoma, Ella J, Georgia. Um, then we have uh, Mount... We have Tennessee, uh, Knoxville, Knoxville, Tennessee. Knoxville, Tennessee. I'm excited about Knoxville, Tennessee. So there you go. We got yeah. Oklahoma, Georgia, and Tennessee That's coming right. up. And and then we've got Homestead, Florida, and Abilene, Texas. We've got some good stuff. Yes. And so come spend a weekend with us. Uh, those who joined us for our online date night, we're still getting feedback on that. That was a lot of fun. Thanks for hanging out with us. And we will be back here next week. Thanks for your time. Yep. See you next week. Y'all have a great week.